Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Celtics Podcast. All things Celtics. Isaiah. For three. All things green. I got the ball. All things NBA. He believes that he can be a very special player. The Celtics Podcast starts now. Here's WEEI.com's Mike Petralia. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Celtics Podcast on WEEI and WEEI.com, brought to you by JBL. Well, this week I am joined by my colleague in the field, as it were, Josue Pavon. We watched Celtics games together. We were at the Golden State game on Friday night. Uh, I think perhaps, Josue, we could say that was a low point of the season in terms of how the team responded in the second half, how they fell apart. Isaiah Thomas ripping into not only the players, but really the coaching staff after the game, saying that everybody gave up on that game and really criticized uh, the coaching staff for him playing just over 25 minutes. And then you see what happened in the two games since they get Al Horford back. And apparently Al Horford does make that big a deal. Celtics go on the road. They beat the Pistons, handing Detroit their first home loss of the season, 94-92. Al Horford, uh, the game winner with just over a second remaining and then some defense uh, on the play after that to really help seal that victory. And then Monday night, on a game in Minnesota against a young and up-and-coming team in the Timberwolves. Timberwolves race out to a 10-point halftime lead. They build it up to 13, 81-68 after three quarters, and you're thinking, here we go, the same old inconsistent Celtics, but they manage, thanks again to Al Horford and some key three-point shooting from Terry Rozier to pull that out, 99-93, actually going away using a 19 to nothing. Uh, second half spurt to wipe out the deficit. Josue, I got to tell you, night and day having Al Horford back on the court. Yeah, I think we forgot how important Al Horford is, Mike. I mean, you look at what he was able to do, especially with that second unit. I, I love the fact that Brad Stevens is putting him in there with the uh, with all the bench players like Jonas Jarebko and Rozier and Smart. I think it gives that lineup uh, a lot of flexibility on the court on what they're able to do on offense. I think guys like Marcus Smart and uh, and Terry Rozier are starting to carve out their role for this bench. And I think it's very important for this team in terms of having that depth as an option. You know, I think Terry Rozier is a fascinating case, Josue, because we knew what we were getting in Marcus Smart. He is a defensive shutdown guy off the bench who is spotty with his three-point shooting. I think in Terry Rozier, we started to see signs, uh, certainly in summer league and even before that, uh, in workouts and and whatnot uh, with the team uh, and and people around the team saying that Terry Rozier is really committed to becoming an X-factor off the bench along with Marcus Smart. And I think Terry Rozier's uh, development off the bench is going to be a key factor for this team going forward if they're going to be in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, he was a bit inconsistent, Mike. I mean, and I think a lot of that had to do with the injuries. You know, I think when Marcus Smart was was uh, a starter for Jay Crowder and 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 
Terry Rozier was essentially one of the first guys off the bench. I think he, he, it was a tough time for him trying to find his role for the team. Uh, I think now that Marcus Smart has gone back to the bench, he can sort of uh, he has space for himself now to, to, to score. And like he showed against uh, against Minnesota, I mean, he can really get it going in spurts. You know, he can he has the outside touch. I love it when he drives. You know, it reminds me a lot of uh, the, the just the way he gets to the hoop. It's almost almost like a, a, a young Dwayne Wade in a way, the way he's able to get to the hoop. I'm not saying he may perform like right. Dwayne Wade, but I, I think his his flexibility in terms of being that outside shooter along with being able to drive inside and what he's able to do for you on the defensive end makes him a very valuable player off the bench for the Celtics team. What was your initial reaction uh, to Isaiah Thomas Friday night? Frustration, Mike. Uh, I think it just, it, it just all came out at once. I, I think... The fact that the Celtics managed to get that lead down to 11 points with five minutes left, and that's when Brad Stevens reinserted uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas, I think that really bothered him. I, I think that he was thinking maybe if, you know, hey, if coach put me in at the nine-minute mark or the eight-minute mark, maybe we could have got this thing down to four or to, to five or six points. And I think that sort of bothered him, and that sort of lingered in his mind. And then going into the locker room, it, it all just spewed out. Well, and, and, you know, I think I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, Joe Sway. Your job as a player is not to have those mental gymnastics running through your head um, during the game. And, you know, obviously we can't get inside Isaiah Thomas's head and nobody asked him what he was thinking, uh, you know, as he's playing the game. But afterward, we asked what he was thinking. And that's when, as you said, the frustration comes out. But I think the job of a professional athlete is to go in and do the best job you can when the coach calls upon you, and you cannot let, you know, what ifs factor in, right? Absolutely, that's true. That's very, that's very true. But we have to remember also, Mike, that this is this is sort of a new role for Isaiah Thomas. He's never been the all-star guy. He's never been the, the the number one option on the Celtics team. But of course, I agree with you. I think this is something that he's he's learning. Uh, no Al Horford, I think, certainly made him a bit more vocal. But now that Horford's back, maybe he'll uh, think twice about uh, the things he says after these games, even if in frustration or not. You know, regardless of the outcome of the games, I think he sort of has to uh, be careful here in terms of what you know what he says about the coaching staff and especially talking about his minutes. I mean, this is the first time we, we we've really heard Isaiah talk about something that that bothered him directly. You know, we've never heard him say before like, "Oh, well, I didn't get this or I didn't get that." You know, like. I think it was two weeks ago after the Denver game, after Denver blew out the Celtics. I love the fact that he was able to say that he, he, he took responsibility and said that it's something that I need to do something to make this team better. I need to do something to get these guys more motivated. That's my job. That's the Isaiah that we need to see more often instead of the one that's talking about why didn't I play more minutes. Well, I think with all, what is also very interesting, Josue, is the fact that uh, Brad Stevens is going to handle this much differently than a Doc Rivers would. And this is just another case of, you know, that X-generation style of coach, the millennial type of coach that Brad Stevens is. He's not going to react and put a player in his place right away. That's not his management or his coaching style on the court. And I think that's going to be a fascinating dynamic to watch going forward because he's going to take Isaiah Thomas aside, talk to him one-on-one, -on -one, but he's not going to ream him out in the media. No, no, he's not. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that because a, a little bit of this reminded me of like a young, young Paul Pierce when him and Doc Rivers were sort of having that friction going on. Great call. And, uh, he, he, he didn't think twice to bench, to bench Paul, just to send a message. You know, he didn't care about how important Paul was to the team. 
and, and you know, how productive he was to the team. I mean, that was one of his best seasons that year, or the first two years, I should say, when, when Doc Rivers took over. So I think that's a really good point, actually, that you bring up in terms of how Brad Stevens is going to handle uh, the situation moving forward in, in terms of uh, how he, what Isaiah Thomas does in, in the future. Well, you know, the other thing, and, and I know a couple of reporters, some of my colleagues brought this up. I know Chris Forsberg of uh, ESPN Boston broke, uh, brought this up, and I thought it was a great point that he tweeted out, and that was that Jay Crowder was in a similar position almost the same time when the Celtics were 9-8 and eight last year, and he criticized the rotation off the bench. And what did the Celtics do? They went out and won five of their next seven games, and they pretty much got that ship righted, and they, there were no problems going forward. Um, my question uh, with regard to this particular case is, uh, is Isaiah Thomas's frustration going to, you know, be dealt with or is it going to simmer under the surface and will it blow up again? I think chances are it's going to simmer under the surface. Um, the timing was perfect in terms of, you know, Jay Crowder and Al, and, and Al Horford coming right back the very next game because without those two guys, I don't think they get out of Detroit with the win. So uh, I think that could have led to, you know, more quotes out of Isaiah that would have been headlines uh, going into Minnesota. So it, it's, it's probably going to simmer under the surface. But again, uh, we talked about this after Friday night's game. How I, you know this isn't a finished product. I don't know if this is the point where the Celtics essentially turn the corner and start putting together, you know, like an eight or nine game winning streak. I think this team is still going to uh, sort of find its identity from now into probably the new year. And then at that point, when we get uh, to into January, I think we'll see exactly what this team is about. And that's of course if everyone stays healthy. Well, and I think we need to go back to Al for. Al Horford again, Josue, because I don't think it can be overstated his significance uh, in the lineup. There's no question, not only the big plays, but the numbers and the consistency that he gives you on both ends of the court. I mean, his numbers uh, on Monday night uh, were pretty amazing. When you when you take a look at the 20 points, six rebounds, five assists, and three steals, it's not just the scoring. It's a decent number of rebounds. He's passing the ball. He's considered, obviously, one of the best passing bigs in the game, and that's why the pay, uh, the Celtics went out and paid him the $113 million, uh, you know, with the five assists, I'll show you that. And the three steals, he, for a big guy, Joe Sway, he has got incredibly quick hands. And that is one of the things defensively I think they were missing um, with regard to his concussion and, come, and missing nine games right in the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What he's able to do in the defensive end, I feel like, was almost overlooked until you see what he what he is now with the Celtics, especially uh, next to guys like you know Amir Johnson, Tyler Zeller, you know Kelly Olynyk at times. I mean, he, he's really the, the the one defensive force out of those big guys. You know, I, I think Amir Johnson. I, I was hoping that he would sort of rub off of Amir, but I, I think you know we're still waiting for Amir Johnson to sort of become more of a, a shot blocker in a sense. I don't know. I feel like sometimes a rim he gets protector. A little bit lost. Or rim protector, right. right? I feel like he gets he gets a little lost sometimes on the defensive uh, defensive end, but um, yeah, Al Horford. I, I mean, without Al Horford, especially against a game like a team like Minnesota with with you know Carl Anthony Towns having one one heck of a night, I think he was he was huge in terms of uh, uh, stopping the bleeding and, and helping on that 19-0 run on the defensive end. Okay, I'm going to make this real simple. Celtics hold a team under a hundred points. There win percentage will go up exponentially. That's all we had to see in the last two games. You know, obviously the Celtics hold 
the Pistons to 92 points. They hold uh, Minnesota to 93 points. They win both of the games. And I just think, you know, with the Patriots, it's 23 points. If the Patriots score 23 points, they win 95% of the time. If the Celtics hold the opposition under 100 points, I like the chances for this Celtics team to win. And in their last three wins, going back to the Wednesday game against the Dallas Mavericks when they held the Mavs to a season uh, low 83 points, uh, Celtics' best defensive performance of the year, um, that just kind of shows you what the mindset of this team, I think, needs to be going forward. They love to score. They have a lot of young players, and scoring is sexy to young players. There's no question about that. You know, slam dunks and all of that, all of the fancy, you know, between-the-legs bounce pass that uh, Isaiah had to Avery Bradley to finish off that Dallas game. You know, young crowd loves that, but defense is really going to be the calling card of this Celtics team if they are at all serious about getting deep into the spring. It's essentially what got them to become a playoff team this last couple of years. I mean, it's been their defense. That's been their M.O. Um, I think one of the silver linings on Friday night against the Warriors is that, like, yeah, they got their butts handed to them, but, you know, they held them to 104 points. I mean, this is a team that averages 117 points a night. And uh, one thing I think that we have to keep a close eye on is uh, how they perform in the third quarter. Uh, one thing I've noticed in the past, uh, what is it, five or six games, they're being outscored in the third quarter, and I think that when they're able to buckle down in the fourth quarter, like you mentioned, that's when you see them keep teams underneath that 100-point plateau. So that's going to be something interesting to look, you know, going forward to, to keep a close eye on because uh, coming out of halftime, I feel like they, they come out a little slow, you know, a little sluggish at times, and then in the fourth quarter they clean things up. That's not always going to be the case every single night, depending on who you're playing, especially a team like uh, the Spurs who are coming to town you know, this Friday. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, how they perform in, in the second half against a, a top-tier team like that. You know, I was kind of a little bit down on Jonas Jurebko last week on our uh, Celtics JBL podcast. But oh, I got to you change your mind on Monday, huh? Yeah, you know what I got to tell you? <laughs> um, Jonas Jurebko showed a lot of guts and grit off the bench in that Monday win uh, over uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and – Brad Stevens said, I don't care how much he scores, it's his hustle and his determination for loose balls, on defense, all of the rebounding, that is really going to make his role a solid one on our team. And i got to tell you, in sharp contrast to that, Josue, you know where I'm going with this? And we've been doing this every week. Ripping Kelly Olenek. Uh, Kelly Olenek, if you're, if you're seven feet, and you're in the defensive paint, and you're not getting rebounds, which he is not. What good are you on the on the roster? And I, I would love to get your uh, read on this. And Jonas Jurebko perhaps taking a lot of minutes away from Kelly Olenek off the bench. You think that should happen? I think it should, and I, and I think it was. Uh, it's, I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought this up because there was this one play, this one sequence that drove me nuts on Monday night. It was uh, in the middle of the second quarter. There's a loose ball almost by half court, and Kelly Olenek turns, and he, he's looking at his tracks. He's looking at the loose ball, right. but his body is still moving forward. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, get on the floor, Kelly. Grab that ball. I mean, you're not that far away from it, or at least show some initiative that you're going to go towards the ball and grab it. So Minnesota picks it back up. They bring it. They, uh, they, I think they, they missed the, uh, the following attempt, and – the ball goes behind him, and it's sort of like he's just like it's like a delayed reaction for Olenek. He turns around without even you know initially boxing the guy out 
or, or even making that jump to, to go for the ball and, and make some sort of effort towards the ball. After that, you barely saw him hit the floor after that. And I think that's something that Brad Stevens noticed right away and said, like, look, if you're not going to put in that kind of effort, I'm going to go with Jonas. And Jonas made a huge stop, I thought, in the fourth quarter, right. which sort of sealed the deal for, uh, for Minnesota when they were trying to make a comeback in those last uh, few minutes. And, I mean, that's the sort of thing that's going to get you floor time. You know, that's a big reason why I think you're going to see more of Jonas than, than Olenek, essentially, if, if Olenek doesn't change his ways. Because, like you said, if he's not grabbing rebounds for you and if the three-point shot that he loves to take is not falling down, what is he really giving, giving, to you, giving you off the bench? You know? I, and I what don't want to hear – yeah, Joe Sway, not to interrupt you. I yeah. do not want to hear the, ter- the term or the phrase, he spaces the floor so well. Well, so what? I mean, defensively uh, – you're not spacing the floor. They they are dictating spacing the floor. The opposition is, and if you're not grabbing defense uh, re- rebounds, and if you're not boxing out, and if you're not playing hard defense and physical defense, which obviously in the NBA that's what low post defense is, then what good are you? Exactly, exactly. And and right now is a time where Stevens, you know, he's, he's at, his team is at full strength. He has a chance to uh, to really carve out roles for this bench. And the first guys off the bench right now are Jarebko, well, Smart, of course, Smart, Jarebko, and Rozier. Right. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets that sort of ninth spot, whether it's if Jalen Brown can sort of put things together, because I feel like he's sort of lost his identity a bit trying to find his role for this team. And it's going to be interesting to see what Olenek does, because I think that ninth spot is going to be up for grabs. But um, if, yeah, you know, if, if Olenek doesn't give them much in the front court, I mean. Well, I, at this point, Joe Sway. At this point, Joe Sway, wouldn't you rather have Jalen Brown, a rookie first-round pick, who you spent a third-round pick, on, uh, a number three overall pick on, on the floor, learning his way, and he's clearly not a he's not intimidated, and b he gives you more defensively than Kelly Olenek would, and he's a better rebounder. I mean, I think that's a no-brainer. No. Yep, yep, that's a no-brainer, Mike. And he's also very flexible. He could play up to three positions, the two, three, and uh, the bit of the four, too. He feels comfortable down low in the post. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a no-brainer track. That's a good. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean the one thing that Jalen Brown doesn't do, he doesn't space the floor as a you know a seven-foot shooting big, and nobody is ever at this point anyway going to make the argument that Jalen Brown's a better shooter than Kelly Olenek. Clearly, he is not. But the point remains that the Celtics need some true grit off that bench, and Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. And, you know, what we saw Monday night, uh, Jonas Jarebko give you that, and Kelly Olenek doesn't. So we'll see where that goes moving forward. Uh, you know what, Joe Sway, I think it's going to be an interesting week. The Celtics uh, 2-0 and on the road trip go into Brooklyn uh, on Wednesday night trying to complete the three-game road trip sweep, which I think would be huge for this team. I don't care about the competition. I do think going on the road, bonding, all of that they say in pro sports, a team that really bonds together on a long road trip, I think that does matter. And I think with this team, if they can go on the road, sweep all three games, certainly they should beat Brooklyn. I don't care where the game is played. And then they come home for a (laughs) Friday afternoon matinee against Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. There's a lot to build upon this week. Absolutely. And going into uh, that San Antonio game, you can go into that game 3-0 off the road trip. That's going to be a very tough game for uh, 
for, for the Spurs, I think, because I think the Celtics are going to carry that momentum. And, and like you said, it doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, in terms of if you're able to win three in a row, that's always a great thing for this for this young team. And also the fact that they were able to to get out of Minnesota because going into that game, I wasn't I wasn't 100 percent sure if they were going to be able to beat that team. You know, they've been playing fairly well. I, I know the record doesn't dictate that, but for how for the way they 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 score and uh, you know someone like Wiggins who's who's, who's uh, now the best three-point shooter in the, in the league. He's also one of the top scorers in the league, too. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, we know this is, the Southern's aren't the best rebounding team, so I wasn't 100% sure how, and of course, Anthony Towns grabs, what, 18 boards last night, so that, that, that was a sure indication of that, but I thought that the fact that the Celtics got out of that that game with the win was huge against that team because I thought that was a very tough matchup going in. We're going to see you uh, Friday afternoon at the Garden, are we, Josue? Tell me yes. Absolutely, man. Yeah, but I have a full belly from that Thanksgiving food, but I'll be there, man. I'll be in the building. Yeah, I'll be over my trip to fan from the turkey on Thursday by then. I think uh, I'll be ready to go. I'll have a cup or two of coffee and a cup of joe and be ready to go after uh, you know my friends and family get done with their Black Friday assault on um, the uh, shopping malls and uh, getting in those Christmas bargains. Do you do? Are you a big right, shopper? Are you a big no, shopper? I'm not a huge shopper, but tries. You mean you don't you don't partake in the in the big crowd, the Black Friday? You don't like that kind of thing? I do not. <laughs> My friends and family do it for me. I prefer Cyber Monday, and and I think you know me well enough by now, Josue, and you see me in the press room right after every or in, at halftime of every Celtics game, uh, and you're like, oh my god, peace and quiet in a in a uh, in a working press room. I my kingdom for. A quiet room where I can actually focus on writing. I mean, look, we love NBA arenas, and I don't want to get into too much of a rant here, but what the hell, I've gone down the road anyway. Um, (laughs) I don't want to get into too much of a rant, but the music at an NBA arena, I have to wear noise-canceling earbuds. You realize that, right? Because I can't take it. You don't like that loud uh, hip hop trap music, no? No, 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 no. My uh, teenage daughters love it, and I'm going to take them to a couple of Celtics games this year. But uh, in, in terms of uh, it being conducive to me writing anything creative or useful for weei.com, not so much. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, that, that's a, I think it's on the top of the list of things that tracks cannot stand is loud music, uh, ruckus crowds, and uh, of course loud hip-hop, annoying hip-hop music. So, and, yeah, I, and, I can see why you're so upset. And crowds bumping into me. Yeah, exactly. And you've seen this up close and personal, right? I mean, you. this is not just some guy that I have on the phone saying, hey, Drags, great to be on with you, you're talking Celtics, blah, blah, blah. You work with me. You see me in these tight situations, either in the locker room or the media workroom, or we're trying to stand in line to get some food uh, before a game or during a game. And you you know how agitated I get, right? Very, very agitated. That's why I started laughing. The moment you mentioned Black Friday shopping, I was like, wow, you wouldn't you wouldn't find tracks there. No. no chance. Zero chance you would find them in that, in that crowd. Hey, Joe Sway, this has been fun. We're going to do it again, right? We got to do this more often, Tracks. This is always fun. And uh, I got to tell you, our videos uh, after the game are fun for me to do. They're Facebook Live on WEEI, the uh, WEEI page, I should say, on Facebook. Be sure to hit those up after every Celtics game, and uh, Celtics home game. And uh, Joe Sway and I bring you up to date on the latest news, break down every game. So be sure to hit up the WEEI page on Facebook for that. Joe Sway, give everybody your Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, you can find me at, at uh, Joe Sway. That's Joe, 
uh, underscore SWA Y one zero. So Joe underscore SWA uh, 10. Trags, I've been thinking about that handle recently. I don't know. You, you think I should change it? NBA. Uh, how about how about NBA Joe Sway? That has a ring to it. NBA Joe Sway. Why, why didn't I think of that? I should have mentioned this to you sooner. That's Sorry, why. Trags. That's why I'm here to help you, buddy. So maybe by the <laughs> next time we have a Celtics podcast brought to you by JBL or uh, the next time we do a Facebook Live on the WEEI Facebook page, you will promote NBA Joe Sway as your new Twitter handle. All right. Sounds good. I'll give it some thought. I'll get back to you on that. I'll, All I'll right. let you know on, uh, on Friday. I'll let you know by Friday. And everybody can follow me at Trags, T-R-A-G-S, on Twitter. Be sure to hit that up. Uh, let me hear all comments, good, bad, and otherwise. Joe Sway, it's been a pleasure. This has been a Celtics podcast brought to you by JBL on WEEI and WEEI.com. Until next time, for Joe Sway, I'm Mike Petralia. So long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.